0: Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker, June Hunt. June, as you've spoken about depression many times in the past, I know that there seems to be some connection between unconfessed sin and depression, or you might say that the unconfessed sin would lead to depression. So unpack that for us, if you would. What's the connection?
1: Well... Uh, I'm going to be clear. A person can have depression and it has nothing to do with sin. Mm -hmm. However, the second part of what you just said was you know, does unconfessed sin lead to depression? Well, uh, that, yes, it can. Um, We have to be, in other words, if I know someone that has a depression, it can be biochemical, not something that they want, and it's not that they're living in sin. Um, for example, the Bible says there's time to weep. There's a time to mourn. This is Ecclesiastes 3, um, based on verses 5, uh, I'll say verses um, 1 through for if you see all these, ti- there's a time for this, a time for that. In other words, if if you lost your the dearest person in your life, uh, that that person died, and your your heart is crushed, um, well, you can your heart's pressed down. That's depression. Pressed down. Mm-hmm. Um, now. When the body chemistry chemistry uh, changes and becomes compromised uh, the physical body it can experience uh, a natural decline as it ages um, the Bible says outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day My, so what what I want us to think about is if, it, if we're talking about sin, sin is um, all the way from indifference to God, uh, it could be rebellion toward God, uh, I'm going to do what I want to do, a, a lifestyle of, um, a person could have a lifestyle of literally choosing to be independent of God. And so when you experience the consequences of true sin, but don't attempt to change, then notice uh, the the Bible says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. That's Psalm 32 verse three. And the, the point of even bringing that up is there are times when it has nothing to do with body chemistry. It's just we are in rebellion against God. Choosing I'm going to do it my way. I don't care what God says or what you say. Um, And therefore there needs to be a change of heart. There needs to be genuine healing in our lives. And it's possible to even go seek counseling uh, to literally uh, there are many people who help others have a changed life by um, seeking wise counsel and the the Bible supports that Um, if I were to hold on to anger Vibrant bitterness. Never do you see bitterness right in God's sight. And even when you've been wronged, um, we can choose and learn how to forgive. And again, I'm looking at what the Bible says. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, Just as in Christ, God forgave you. That's Ephesians 4.32. So what do you do? Well, we need to evaluate, is my life lined up with God, with how God wants us to live? Um, uh, There are times when we need to renounce our, our lifestyle, what we're doing. Uh, The Bible says, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception. That's 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2. And so the the advantage of renouncing a lifestyle that uh, is self-oriented, I'm going to do it my way, is we can now learn to live in a way that's right in God's sight and some people many times will live for the approval of others and it's like that's the most important thing and even as I say that right now some of you are saying yes I know I'm I'm living for the approval of this person well consider this, this would be a course correction where Galatians 1.10 says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? We're not to be people pleasers. We are to be yielded to the Lord, to please Him. And um, ultimately, what we we find is we can
2: willfully choose to maintain The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They're truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash givehope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope.
3: Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night... June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches, and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is—family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life—June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at one 800 917 We'll protect your privacy, and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817.
0: Welcome back to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Uh, If you have questions about tonight's topics, or any number of topics, really, we have over 100 Keys for Living that will help you address your situation. Maybe you have a friend, a family member, somebody you care about who is going through a situation, and you can help them with some of our materials. We ask you to um, get in touch with our customer support team, talk with them, see what might be the best resource for you or for others as you help them. And it's uh, the number is 800-488-HOPE. And they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. to would be happy to help you with Uh, getting the right resources. Their number again, 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Also, check out our website. Many resources there as well. You can look through those and uh, see what might be helpful. It's uh, hopefortheheart.org slash store. New updated Keys for Living being updated all the time and uh, more titles being added monthly as far as the, what are uh, updated. Also, the Lifeline to Hope online training if you'd like to learn and more and think about becoming a uh, people helper in that, uh, just equipping lay members, uh, excuse me, church members and lay leaders to become biblical caregivers. Also, uh, June's many biblical resources, uh, including music CDs, all of it's there at hopefortheheart.org store. Well, let's uh, get to our caller for tonight, and this evening we have Peace.
1: Well, welcome to Hope. Peace. How wonderful to, to have you with us.
4: Yes, hi. I've listened to the program on numerous occasions. It's a beautiful ministry and also uh, listened to you and read some of your books. So you're pretty awesome. So I thank God for you.
1: Thank you. Well, how can we help you?
4: Yeah, I've been been struggling with uh, something for a few years on and off, and I've been trying to find out what God wants me to do. So this is my question. Mm -hmm. Um, Here it is. How can I have, I'm a Christian, and I love the Lord, and I want to live, you know, in in the love and forgiveness of Jesus, but I seem to keep running into some people in my life, um, yeah, basically that are, are having problems, emotional problems, and they seem to take all the frustrations out on me, and I'm wondering what to do. My question is this, how can I have healthy boundaries with Christians who suffer with anger issues, Controlling, demanding issues, anxiety, depression, critical spirit, and ignore me at times and never admit they are wrong. (laughs) These Christians are family members with anxiety, a pastor of a church who is demanding and controlling and never will compromise, and a close Mm -hmm. friend who is in constant pain. The question is, the Lord tells me to have mercy and compassion, which I do, forgiveness to everyone, um, and to share the burdens of others. For a few years, I have had to be cursed out from some of them, criticized, controlled, and I'm tired of it. So what to do to continue to love and forgive them with boundaries? I still do want these people in my life since they are important to me, but one person said they don't want to have anything to do with me since they were in constant pain, and I really couldn't help them the way what they want me to. And it's been a um, struggle um, to know when mm-hmm. to have boundaries. So I was wondering what you thought about that.
1: Hmm. So, you said, for example, one of the things you mentioned uh, would be someone who has, would, would we say, anger out of control?
4: Yeah, it seems to me like some of these people do. One of them that's in pain was anger out of control. Mm-hmm. The person, a family member that has anxiety, when they have the anxiety, mm-hmm. they don't even remember they start cursing. And, and I said, did you know you cursed at me? And they're like, well, I'm angry at you. <laughs> So yes, mm-hmm. they have anger out, and even the uh, pastor who's very controlling and demanding sometimes can be um, not not necessarily anger out of control, but more demanding and controlling. I could see when they get mm-hmm. upset and I don't agree mm-hmm. with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a form of anger, actually hidden anger, truthfully. But okay, well,
1: it's a it's an important list that you just gave because you mentioned. Anxiety, a critical spirit, uh, anger, like controlling or demanding. Um, one thing that I want to mention is what the Bible says. Do you want to be biblical? Yes. I knew you were going to say yes. So I, I just want us, to, I want us to get on yeah, the same page.
4: Okay. I love the Lord, and I'm Christian, absolutely. I love Jesus, and I want to live in love and peace
1: and forgiveness, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, there's there's a very interesting uh, scripture that I want to mention, but I want to know, before I tell you this scripture, would you tell me, what do you do when somebody... Give me an example of anger toward you, because I'm hearing some real problems that some people have, um, in how they're interacting with you. So d- describe what happens with the when, when there's this anger that's out of control.
4: Um, on, on their end, yeah. In other words, on their um, part. I have a family member, an example of I have a family member who has anxiety and they have problems in their marriage and they constantly talk about their. The you know, the problem with their husband, problems with their job, and I don't, and why do people pick on that person, and so forth and so on. So then I, I may suggest and say, well, maybe what you could do is you can pray, you know, we can pray for them, or maybe you could, um, you know, it, the, with the pro- problem they have with their husband. I'm like, well, maybe you can talk mm-hmm. to the person about it. and they just keep going on about how the husband is horrible and all this other stuff. So and then okay, they start, but,
1: okay but but let me let me ask this now i okay i was thinking you were saying that they have anger toward you but yeah, it's not yeah, anger yeah. It, it is toward you okay so what tell it's me what happens you. when when they have anger toward you tell me what are they saying and then what do you do
4: okay in anger? other words i may say um you know, with your husband, they've been complaining about their husband for years. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, well, we probably need to go counseling for yourself to get help. And this person, who's a family member, keeps saying, mm-hmm. you know what, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You don't understand me. And then they're like, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm going to ignore you and hang, basically hang up the phone on me. They've done that many times. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes they start kind of blaming me. It's In other words, it's almost like a, a spirit of strife. They start... Um, a ton they've cursed at me, mm-hmm. the f word. I'm like, I can't handle mm-hmm. that stuff, and and they don't half the time remember it. So they start. I think what they do is I make some suggestions because I'm truthfully tr- 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 tired of hearing them talk about it, mm-hmm. and they just yeah. So they either curse at me or get defensive. No matter defensive, no matter what suggestions I make, well, they're just not open to it. They just don't want to get the help they need, and they don't want to admit mm-hmm. that they may. They Uh may, I keep telling you can be a bit defensive. I said, you really need to look at what you're doing. What do you mean? You're not on my side. I don't want to hear it. And they start going on a rampage. And I'm Uh like, I really have to go. And they just keep putting down other people.
1: Uh Does that make sense? Sure, sure. Well, I'm hearing that you've got some challenging, not just one, but several challenging people in your life. And... The Bible says in Proverbs 22:24, do not make friends with the hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. So when somebody starts using the f-word, if they curse at you, if they're if they're just being, you know, basically blowing up at you, You have a choice. Now, you can try to interact, but usually they're not going to be very rational at that point because they've lost control. Do you agree with that?
4: Absolutely, yes.
1: Okay. So it's not going to do any good at that point for you to try to rationally talk I think the issue is, and by the way, I had someone who in my life, um, somebody I cared about, uh, somebody I did at times, uh, you know, worked with, and, uh, and yet she would hang up on me. And that would be so surprising. She's the only person who would ever hang up on me. And I've, I thought how odd. You, it, it's just that you know, healthy people don't do that. Do you agree with that? Healthy <laughs> people don't hang up on. I'm, I'm talking about when they just get upset and then go bang. You know. Okay. So, uh, I I took it for some time, and I remember uh, a woman uh, who was much wiser, a very wise. Uh, She was older than me, uh, in numerical years, maybe 15 years older. And she said, why do you let so-and-so talk to you this way? I said, "I, I, I don't have a choice. That's what I thought. I don't have a choice. And it was bothering several people who saw, because... Now look, I grew up with a dad who was very unpredictable, so I kind of was used to the unpredictable. I never knew if my dad would be blowing up or if or if everything would be calm and it was just you know there there wasn't any security about what I would expect. Um and so I kind of had a long fuse. But that was real hard even on others when they would see these outbursts. And I, then I asked this quote-unquote friend, I said, Why do you explode at me? You don't do that with your family, your, child, your own children. You don't do it with your other friends. Why me? And the answer was, I don't know. We had this conversation uh, several several times, a number of times. And I kept thinking, I don't know what to do. Well, guess what? I didn't have a word that you used. You used the word boundaries. I didn't know how to have boundaries. Well, Well, we'll put it this way. I had written on boundaries. But I didn't apply what I had written. And so, something happened where um, I literally thought, do I want to live the rest of my life this way? Actually, I'll tell you what happened. I I got cancer. And I thought, huh, I don't know if my my time is long or short. But do I want to, if whatever it is, do I do I really want to keep being the recipient of these blow-ups? And I'm the only one, it seems. So uh, I had a conversation. I said, do you think that our relationship is the best that it could be? And she said, no. I said, I don't think so either, but... Since you don't know why you blow up at me, what if every time, if that happens, you know, whenever it happens, I'll just leave, and then we'll get back together. You know, I didn't want to be like, I'm going to take my, my marbles, and I'll never come back and play. Uh, I, 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 but I, I, we'll just uh, part, and then I'll come back at, at a later time. Now, I'll tell you the rest of the story when we return.
5: We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray.
6: And thank you for partnering
5: with us in prayer
6: you ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as precious and beloved to Him? So many of us have a distorted image of God, that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you believe. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular 31-day devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. You will gain biblical insight to help embrace the life-changing truth of the identity you have through your relationship with Jesus Christ. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night, and we give praise to God for how it has been used by Him to change so many lives for so many years. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes, for yourself or for a loved one at junehunt.org. That's junehunt.org.
0: Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, and we want to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE, and they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Get in touch with them to uh, let them help you with what might be some good resources for you to really get you to God's hope through those resources and materials. We'd like to uh, get those in your hands. And if you're listening and uh, would uh, be interested in some of the topics from tonight's program, we do have the keys that we're recommending, the keys for living called anger, facing the fire within, also boundaries, how to set them, how to keep them. Those are available from customer support as you order directly from them at 800-488-H-O-P-E. That's 800 800- Four eight eight four six seven three. If you would like to speak with June about a specific situation in your life, and uh, you would like to do that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, call eight hundred NIGHT seventeen. That's eight hundred N I G H T one seven. And we'll talk to you about uh, what that would look like for you to be on the program here and, and uh, talk about your situation with June, and uh, we would. Love to have you call. When you do that, just leave a detailed message for us so we can get back to you and uh, schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night program. Again, 800-644-4817. That's 800 17 Let's return now to our conversation with peace.
1: Well, my friend, uh, I, I can identify with some of the language you used about having Um, people who are, in essence, angry or controlling, um, criticizing, you know. And I I really heard you. Are you hearing that I hear you?
4: Absolutely. Thank you. Yes.
1: Okay. Well, this is, and and I'm just going to tell you what I did and let you respond if you think anything is applicable. I asked this um, person, very capable, very um, smart, competent, artistic. I said, do you want us to have the best relationship possible? She said, yes. Do you believe we're truly encouraging one another? She said, no. Well, in friendship, both should be better because of each other. Uh, it, like iron sharpening iron. Do you agree? She said, yes, I do. Do you think we are both better? And she said, no. And I said, I, I value our, our relationship. But when you explode in anger, it, I think it hurts both of us. Do you agree? And she said, yes. I said, well, so in the future... Um, if there is inappropriate anger i 'll just step back and we 'll part ways so that we don 't damage our relationship further and she said she understood well, then I was supposed to be picking her up for uh, a meeting I went to I was driving to her house. I was late coming because of a call a phone call I had to take and then when i but 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 then i heard um a voice message and she was blasting me on that on the voice uh, on on my iphone and so i thought uh oh uh oh here it is and uh so when i got there she she was calm and said you ready to go and i said well actually no uh, remember our previous agreement about what would happen if there was an explosion of anger. So I heard my voice message, and so I think I need to go, and I'll uh, we'll part ways for a time. Well, you can't leave, <laughs> and so now she was angry that I was going to be leaving. I said, and I remember holding up my the palm of my hand up to her, and I said, stop. I am going to leave. And she stopped by the way and but and i but uh, by the way, I never raised my voice i'm going to leave because we agreed that that's what we would do, and so I got in the car now, the phone started ringing immediately when I was driving and um and my phone rang at home it, but i didn't I knew not to answer, and what was surprising was the next day everything was calm nothing was said and then finally something was said the day after and i i noticed though there was um there was caution on her part um by the way she later tearfully apologized and for 2 weeks everything was by no explosion. Uh, however, it happened again after three weeks. Same thing, but I left immediately. I said, now is just obviously not a good time. She saw I was consistent, meaning I, I was one who would give in. But I knew I couldn't give in because I had written in our keys on boundaries, you can't, you don't give in. You must, if you have, if you have a line that should not be crossed, there needs to be a repercussion if it's crossed. If the person stays within the the boundary, then that's fine. Then you have a healthy relationship. But. The way I had, in fact, we had material on verbal and emotional abuse, and I have a, a section in there like how to um, uh, change the course of an abusive relationship. Well, I, 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 so I just followed what I knew to be true, and what I'm going to tell you that I couldn't believe it. This kind of explosion occurred maybe eight more times, and then it stopped because I, I left each time, but I didn't leave in a huff. I'll just say, obviously, now is not a good time, but we'll get together again. And she knew I was going to consistently do that. My point is, the Bible says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. It is biblical for you to, not in a huff, not as a power play, for you to remove yourself or to, there has to be a repercussion. Does this make sense?
4: Uh, Yes, it does, yeah. Um, I hear what you're saying, however... um what do you do? Uh, let me finish. I'm sorry to interrupt. Let me
1: hear what you have to That's say. It. Well, no, I just wanted to know That's if that it. made sense. Now, by the way, that,
4: yeah. that,
1: was, that worked within that relationship. But I don't think it's healthy for anyone to be someone else's punching bag. You know, I don't think it's right for you to be anyone's punching bag where they can just treat you whatever way. Notice Jesus, there were times when he would escape. He knew they were wanting to do him harm, and he literally, the Bible says, that he escaped. And there are times when See, it's, it's not healthy for people to get away with doing wrong because if they get away with doing wrong again and again, it further confirms I can get away with it. The, the, and the Lord is not honored when this does take place, but I think it's how we do it. And, you know, you could say, I really want the best relationship possible. I think now's not a good time for us to be together. That's just a way to handle it. So you were going to say?
4: I'd like to say that um, this is a family member um, who's having problems in their marriage, and has anxiety, and, and uh, God, though I've overcome anxiety, thank God, but it does run in my family, anxiety and obsessive compulsive. So when my family member starts screaming, doesn't even remember some of the stuff, sometimes does and sometimes doesn't. I said, do you remember doing that? They're like, No. Did I do that? I mean, I don't even know if they remember. So what would you recommend? Um, Sometimes this person does remember and sometimes they don't. Um, If they have OCD, obsessional compulsive or anxiety, which ones in my family? So I've overcome that through the power of Jesus. Um, I'm not on any medication anymore or anything like that, thank God, but it does run in my family. And so when a family member acts that way, I have compassion on because the Lord said to have mercy and compassion. So can you please comment on somebody who has upsets compulsive and anxiety an ongoing, like when they have anxiety, they kind of go, I can't take it, they're out of that anxiety. How do you handle that?
1: Mm-hmm. Anxiety stems from uncertainty. It's an uneasiness over an uncertain outcome. Hoping something will happen but having no guarantee that it will or fearing something will happen but having no assurance that it won't. And it's a feeling of apprehension. There's a nervousness, um, usually over something imminent. But, but, with still that uncertain outcome, and yet it affects the whole person um If it's a disorder, by the way there there are certain anxiety disorders if if it's a disorder, that means it impairs normal functioning, and it would be intense, and there's a sense of helplessness and dread um. Eve but but it, it doesn't mean that there's a danger that a true it, it can feel like a threat of danger but um it may not there may be no danger whatsoever um but but a disorder would impair normal functioning yet if you look at what the bible says and uh, I think that's helpful to to help another person. Uh, it depends. By the way, it depends on if the other person wants help or is receptive to help. You know, sometimes I've, I had to learn this. Sometimes our help is not helpful uh-huh. because right. it's not valued. And so, um, in First Peter five verse seven. The scripture says, cast all your anxiety on him, that's the Lord, Jesus Christ, because he cares for you. And so the issue, and, and, and I'll say one other scripture. Note, and this is important, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what's going to happen? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if you were talking to a person who wanted help, I would give them several scriptures on anxiety that they could repeat over and over and over. Read in the morning. Read in, sometime during the day. Read before going to bed. You know, sometime in the evening. And that would be 1 Peter 5, 7, Philippians 4, and um, Psalm 94.
2: The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I wanna say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They're truly changing lives. And this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash givehope.
7: That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash givehope. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-917 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at one 800 seventeen. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life.
0: To Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and uh, we'll get back to our caller in a moment. If you have questions or concerns about the topics of anxiety or boundaries, please give us a call at customer support at 800 488 HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'll help you access the appropriate resources. Keys for Living we are recommending tonight called Anxiety Calming the Fearful Heart. Also, boundaries, how to set them, how to keep them. And uh, again, the number. For customer support is 800 488 HOPE 800 488 4673. You may also email them if that's more convenient for you at customer support at Ask any questions you have regarding topics and resources discussed in tonight's program, and they'll be happy to point you in the right direction. Again, that's uh, customer support at org. Now back to our conversation with Peace.
1: Well, <laughs> My friend, I think the issue, you, you, you've asked, what do I do if, and you've now mentioned, uh, I gathered that you have one person in mind who has a lot of anxiety, or is it several people who have anxiety?
4: I think it's one of them has uh, anxiety, and the next point is, yeah, one has anxiety, one has a lot of the next person is in a lot of pain, physical pain, and they're very critical and just so difficult to be around. So mm-hmm. this person has anxiety. And getting back to the person with the anxiety, they are a family member. This person doesn't really want my help. Sometimes they want my help, and sometimes they're like, I do it myself. So they're not that open. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. Okay. Um, so getting back to the how do I deal with that person because it's, a family member that I really love dearly, and, you know, and mm-hmm. I see that they are, I mean, their family members have come up to me and said, how do we handle this family member who is just mm-hmm. uh, off, off the charts with anxiety and they ask me, what do we do? And they're everybody, mm-hmm. the husband's concerned, the children are concerned, so it's just, what do you do when the, sometimes they don't hear what I'm saying, and you said sometimes you can't you know, you just have to step away. Well, could you please comment on that? Because that, because everybody sees that this person has a problem, and they are getting help, but sometimes they get just so out of control. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if a person is willing to engage, uh, like, well, do a I want you to describe a situation. You were in where there was this anxiety, and and would would you just describe a situation that I, so I can picture it in my mind, and then I, we'll talk about what your choices are.
4: Okay, um, for instance, um, they would call me every day and say, "I hate my job, my husband. Uh, here, my husband doesn't listen to a word I say, and they have hor- horrible communications. What should I do? Mm-hmm. And then I say, well, maybe what you can do is this person's very negative. I said, well, maybe what you can do is say some positive things to your husband, because I said I notice you're a bit negative and negative towards me. And then and then they'll say, you know what? I can't believe you're not siding with me because they're they're a family member of mine. And they're like, what's mm-hmm. the matter with you? Why aren't you siding with me? What's wrong with you? And they're like, I can't talk to you, and you're making me so nervous. They go in that tone, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, and it's. It's actually that way. They think that I'm, that I'm siding with the husband because I'm a this person's a family member of mine. So they want me to completely agree with them, 100%. When I say, well, sometimes you're just being, you know, you're really like screaming, I said, you're screaming at me, I said, this is not going to help you, and I don't want to hear you, I have to hang up on you, so they hang up on me, you know, and they mm-hmm. don't feel like I understand them, like, you don't you don't take my side, and I said, it must be difficult, so it's just like a very defensive stance, so no matter what I, it seems to me, no matter what I say, if I don't agree with that person, the mm-hmm. family member, they're just going to say, I, you know, you don't understand me, I said, well, what did you call me for then? I said, go mm-hmm. to a counselor. I said, what can I say? So that's pretty much the extent of it and I'm tired of it. I'm just exhausted, you know. So but they are hurting relationships with their children because it's one of the one of the sons that I don't want to have anything tells me, I don't want to have anything to do with my mom. My mom constantly complains, she's constantly complaining about what people don't do and very, very like just irrational, mm-hmm. totally irrational. But her mm-hmm. and then I'll give you an example that she says that her son says, I don't, I said, I can't understand why my son doesn't come around, and I want to tell her that, well, you're really kind of driving everybody around you crazy, so to speak, and, you know, I don't mean Mm -hmm. to be negative, but that's the way it is, so.
1: I think um, you can hear, based on what you've just shared with me, it isn't exclusive toward just you. It's... It's um, impacting a lot of people. and so you know, healthy people don't do this. So don't I think an issue is she's turning people against her, and this is not helping her. And for you to be aware, okay, she, there there is something wrong there meaning it's not just. Attacking you or or labeling you in any way, what you're hearing is this sense of dread. Uh, you know, it it is a type of of fear that she has. It's it's a combination. Anxiety uh, just has all this uncertainty. It, there's not she's not secure, right? Would you agree with that? Uh, She's not secure. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. the thing I, I think, instead of pointing out some of those things that um, you've described, uh, I think she needs to find where her security is, and and what that means is for you to help. It it could be. That if she's way, if if she can't hear anything at a moment, just say, I just want you to know that I care and I, I'm going to get back in touch with you. Now, she doesn't know what that means, but, but if you need to distance for just to not be reacting to her, because you're right, it can be exhausting when a person is out of control. But it sounds to me, because of the uncertainty, by the way, is this person a true, authentic Christian?
4: Is she? Yes, yeah, she's a Christian. She believes in the Lord. Yes, she does. Uh-huh.
1: Well, yeah. what I mean is, has she yielded her will to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving him control I mean, of her life? I don't.
4: I don't think so because when I tell her, well, why don't you pray? And she's, I don't have the time to pray. Forget about. It. And she always blames her husband. She has a bad, she has a difficult marriage with her husband. They don't communicate and they argue all the time. It's a constant arguing, complaining, arguing, complaining, arguing. You know. So that's what she said. You don't know what it's like to be in a bad marriage. Your husband doesn't listen to you and. He sometimes curses at her. I know he does. So I don't know. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've been married for 33 years, too, by the way.
1: Well, if she hasn't yielded her will to the will of the Lord, see, a person can believe in Jesus, uh, the enemy of God named Satan. He believes in Jesus as he exists, that he walked on earth and all these things, but What makes a person a true, authentic Christian, the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And believe means to rely upon him, giving him control of our lives. That changes everything. Uh, And so uh, just because somebody mentally believes in Jesus is not, uh, doesn't make a person a Christian. Her greater need is to literally learn to yield her will to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ that way she enters into a relationship with him and he gives us a peace that passes all understanding because she needs his peace now i'm not saying you preach at her <laughs> but but um it may be that there would be a type of conversation uh, that could lead her to understand. I'm going to. I'm going to send you something that I hope you'll find helpful. It we. It's our keys on anxiety, and the subtitle is "Calming the Fearful Heart." Calming the fearful heart, and it's going to have. Some do's and don'ts for you that will be helpful for you, as how do you help anxious uh, sufferers? And um, because, see, she really, in truth, people who have a great deal of anxiety, they don't want to have this. They they know they're they they're not happy. They're not happy with. Others, but they're not happy with themselves either. And so it may be, in fact, it may be that after you go through this, um, you might share it with her and just ask her, Would you just read this section? I just want to know what you think about this. And it could put into her mind, uh, since it's on anxiety. Uh, a number of things that would be very, very helpful uh, to her. And there is even a section in there on what it means to literally give control of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have in here how to deal with anxiety. We have the specifics of a, and a number of stories. Um, we have how to calm your um, Your physical body, uh, how, and there's certain things to do, how to control your thoughts mentally, and how to to corral your feelings emotionally. Uh, And more than that, um, in here is also um, how to confront your fears and phobias, you know, from a behavioral standpoint, socially. Uh, So there's all kinds of help it's one of the most recent ones and in, in how God's word can calm an anxious heart. Um, wow. Like, like there, there's some people who will say, well, you know, I, I, I'm just, um, I'm afraid that my situation is impossible. Well, the Lord says I can make all things possible. In fact, Luke 18 says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Um, If you say, well, I'm just, uh, I feel anxious over the cares of the world, all these things in my life. Well, the Lord says, cast all your cares on me. Cast all your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Um, if, uh, If you say, well, I'm overwhelmed with fear, I'll give you my strength. When you're afraid, that's what the Lord says. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's in Isaiah 41.10. So sometimes reading the word of God has power that our own words don't have. If we do it in a sensitive way, where and you could just say, what do you think about this? Let her read that. By the way, would you like for us to talk again?
4: Absolutely, yes. That was really wonderful. Yeah, I'd like to be able to talk again about um, two other people yeah. in my life. One who's pain, who's critical, and then from a controlling uh, posture that I have in my life. So, uh-huh. yeah, I'd like to know how to deal with them in a more positive okay. way. Absolutely. All right.
1: We will talk. You And meanwhile, you just continue to hang on to hope.
0: We will send resources to tonight's caller. We're able to do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. We have the keys for living cult, anxiety, calming the fearful heart. Also, boundaries, how to set them, how to keep them. If you'd like to give to keep Hope in the Night on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate, and we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Our materials and recent programs are available at HopeForTheHeart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.